0: Minding My Business. This is a platform created for women who are wanting to elevate their business, their mindset, and their life. If you want to catch these episodes live, tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Instagram at Tanya C. Oliver, where each week I'll be interviewing a powerhouse guest. What's going on everybody? Thank you so much for joining Minding My Business, where every single Tuesday we bring on a powerhouse guest that are going to teach you some golden diamonds, or some diamonds, or drop some diamonds on you, on how to elevate your business, your mindset, and your life. I see our guest on today, Katie. I'm going to bring her up real fast, and we will do a nice little intro. For those of us, we ask uh, Katie to come on up. We're going to just do a quick intro. Kate McKay, oh, sorry, I think I called you Katie. I'm the next guest is Kate. Kate McKay, CEO of Sienna Strategy Group, is an international best selling author. She's a best selling author, and, uh, which is Clean Your Inner Badass, a transformational speaker, athlete, podcaster, and multi million dollar business owner whose passion is to spread her message of living a life of confidence, courage, and clarity on purpose. I love this. Okay, Kate, you coming on? What? Up? Yay, it works. Hello, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm minding my business.
1: Super stoked. Can't even stand it.
0: Is there anything <laughs> that I missed? I try to like, because you're by, I mean, there's so much you've been doing. You've been coaching for 30 years. You've been impacting so many people. You and I got to share some time together at the event a month ago. I heard a little bit about your story, but the impact of how you've been able to transition your pain into power and also help so many other people along the way. So thank you so much for being on today. Girl,
1: it's my honor. And you know, it's so funny. I look back at the pictures that uh, I took at that absolutely incredible event we met, that you spoke at. And like the picture you and I, you know, you can tell looking at pictures like, yeah, those people could like, literally you and I were like, sister friends. I love <laughs> that picture. I'll cherish that thing forever. I know. We
0: like even kind of look alike. I was like, oh my gosh, you look like we're related.
1: <laughs> totally. Absolutely. And, you know, thank you for inviting me on here and uh, and for the impact, obviously, that you bring into the world. And I'm looking forward to to supporting you and supporting the audience to really um, really come well, up with some actionable ways that we can make a difference.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think just by being is one of the most impactful things you can ever do is like being it leading by example. I feel like people need to not only like I want to be told, but I also want to be shown. So tell mm-hmm. me kinda of break it down and then show me and I feel like you're one of those most authentic people that do both. And in order to really have an impact, you have to be it you have to be what you teach. And I get a lot of people that are like, it's interesting, a lot of coaches, they don't, they're not who what they're projecting out there, they're actually doing the complete opposite. And so just by leading by example is what makes the biggest impact in people? How did you get it's in the only way? Part?
1: Right? I mean, mm-hmm. in this day and age, and in this market, and in an industry that's so saturated, like coaching, right? It's the bottom line is we need to have the science and the research behind what we do. We have to be knowledge-based and we have to speak from the heart. So we need both. And, uh, and sometimes we only need to be uh, one chapter ahead, but we're still going to be ahead of the curve. And you and I talked in our, in our heart space about how both of us been slammed down by life, right? And then what perspective did we gain from that? And how do we lead, like, how do we lead people out of the dark into the light? because personal development is that journey and I'm here casting a light. Sometimes it's a spotlight. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a flame. Sometimes it, you know, it it comes in all shapes and forms, but I'm deeply moved by my work and
0: I'm deeply committed to it. I know you, and you speak with such conviction. It's like hard to not be persuaded because you, you are, And it's impacted your life, but what actually got you into, I'm always fascinated to hear like the story behind the story, like what, what got you into the line of work that you do today? And I know you run multiple businesses, you podcast, you're an author, like, but what got you into this, this work of personal growth and development and performance? Well, I would say two things. Number
1: one, uh, I'm ADHD, super classic. And so I get shipped off to private high school when I was a junior in high school, because it's like, whatever, all my siblings were into like drugs and alcohol. And I was like, not like boys, that's my drug of choice. So off I went to an all girls high school. So what happened there is I found theater and what I learned was that all I had to do legit was pay attention. To listen to what someone said authentically and you get an A. I'm like, this is how I live my life. I don't know any other experience but the present mm-hmm. moment. It's so all I know. Like, so, what I learned was that has actually been pivotal in my success. And I built a gold company, I owned a gym, got out of that, and then started buying and selling gold. Uh, direct buy. So like a reverse, um, you know, Tupperware party. I don't even go to baby showers and wedding showers that give me anxiety, but it was basically that I was, I was buying a, a home business, but it was a buy and not, a, I wasn't selling anything. I was buying. I was writing people checks. So I had like 50 women working for me. So it went from me being a stay at home mom, three young kids, financially stressed 2008. We know what was going on then. And I built it into a, you know, 17, $18 million company as a stay-at-home mom flipping grilled cheese on one hand and buying and selling gold on the open market on the other. It was absolute insanity. The business was built on relationship. People trusted me because I am who I am because I have no time to be anyone else. And that became particularly clear uh, after, you know, as you and I discussed, both of I have gone to some tragic loss, but it was the, the suicide of my son And uh, today, man, that sometimes I say that it just like stabs me, man. Uh, I lost my son, Will, uh, my angel, man. That kid was friggin' gorgeous in 2017 to suicide. And that talk about bringing your ass into present moment. That brought me into present moment. And it became extremely important that I got laser clear on how I was going to heal through it. And be able to still add value. You know, we have mission statements in life, right? This is us as coaches. We help people come up with these. And mine is to live powerfully with courage and enthusiasm. That's easy to do when your life is jamming. <laughs> but yeah. I remember waking up and going, God, really, man? I got to figure out how I'm going to keep moving forward. I have two other kids, um, and I got to keep moving forward. How, how am I going to do that enthusiastically? Well, you better believe I figured it out you know, that we can do grief enthusiastically. Enthusiastic means in God means in the divine. I'm like, I got that. So, you know, for me, I'm here to, to be a role model, that there is a way we can transmute
0: grief and have it be a transformative experience and not destroy us. Wow. That's so powerful. And I think like, you know, cause those times will really, really do make or break somebody. You know, how can I operate at peak performance when, you know, trauma happens? Like you said, great things happen, but when they're not great, how are you still showing up in life? And what would you you say some of your um, non-negotiables are that really helped and still help to this day operate at levels? regardless of what's going on, the good, the bad, but you know, if they're negotiated, you're just not showing up enthusiastically, as you say.
1: Well, uh, non-negotiables for me is if, if I, I, mean, I listen to my gut and I listen to my instinct and I'm extremely trustworthy, but if people, I can read things, right? So I have to be extremely careful because I'm very spiritually directed. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't take any bullshit. So if people are paying me a ton of money. <laughs> I'm paid to push, dude. I'm paid to push. So and I do love it with love. I'm convicted in my love for my clients. I'm in, I'm convicted in my love. But if you are not, if you tell me you want something and you're not living it, I'm going to call it out. I had a client last week go uh, to me, king, and he gave me his whole um, and I'm just like hmm, listening. The whole dog and pony show. And he goes, "What?" He goes, you think I'm full of shit? I'm like, yep. <laughs> and he was like, and he just started bursting out laughing because he had sold himself this whole story. And he was telling me it. I'm just listening, watching it unfold. And uh, I didn't have to say anything because he heard himself. That's what we do as coaches. We have to let our clients hear themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the gift. Clients already know all the answers. We're just here guiding them like sheep
0: herders. And that's funny, too, that you're like, and they said, well, you don't believe me? Like, do you really believe yourself? Yes. <laughs> or else why would you ask that? Yeah, like, dead on. He's like, you don't believe me, do you? And I was like, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just was, like, downright. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But so I know that, that level of a- honesty, T, right? Because people don't necessarily come with that level of honesty. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's powerful, too, because if you're thinking about it, um, I always feel like if we can't even be honest with ourselves, how are we going to be capable of even being honest with anybody else? You're not even capable of it.
1: No, you're just not. And if you you can get away with it for a little while. And I think that that's really what we're looking at and why our work right now is so important and why there is going to there is an 8%. Increase year over year in the coaching model, and that's because businesses are going to need us bad when the economy really takes a dive. It's going to happen, right? And the leaders—this is right now a time of the most productive, creative people right now in business who are dancing on the fly, who are learning, who are growing, who are adding value. These are the people who are going to thrive. We are going to be the helpers, right? So everyone else was like, you know what? No, just you know, buying Bitcoin, I'm just growing business. Like they don't never understood hardship and down times, those people are going to need a lot of support. And that's why I stay physically so healthy and spiritually so healthy and mentally so healthy, because I know I'm going to be called in. I know I am. It's just, a matter of time. And, yeah. uh, and so I take that commitment very seriously. A God and I are pretty tight. Mm-hmm. That's
0: so amazing. And, and, and you mentioned briefly, because, we were at the conference together and something you and I all, there's a lot we have in common. I think that's just why we align. But one of the things is your fitness background. And you you mentioned like physically align and the significance of like that being your non-negotiable. Cause you do come from a uh, bodybuilding competition background.
1: Yeah. Right. I'm a bikini competitor. So I compete, i started competing after my kids at 43. Um, and I, I found uh, the gift of it as, is the, uh, because I have ADHD, it's that hyper-focus ability. So as an athlete, as I, I focus on a competition, right? So I get something six weeks out or eight weeks out, I'll write a book, I'll create a program. Like the, the, the competition isn't even that big of a thing for me and I'll still like go in and try to win. It's not like I don't, but it's the ability of like a, a, the spiritual quest of coming to the top of the mountain, right? My son who passed was in a Buddhist monastery. He was very, uh, so this is the deal. People who are deeply spiritual tend to be very gritty people because you have to understand and be able to embrace suffering. Okay, It's not that you can deny suffering. My son used to sit and meditate for eight hours. I'd be like, babe, I'm going to go work with clients. He'd look right at me and go, "Mm mm-hmm, grinning. like He could literally, and he was a gymnast. He could play Chopin. You would weep this kid knew grit. Okay. So when we're going and we're trying to achieve something, we must understand that we will come to obstacle. We will face ugly parts of ourselves, not just other people. (laughs) Look in the mirror. We're the ones that we're waiting for really but
0: But say like when you're when you're coming across like if you consider them like ugly people, like it's also a reflection of what we're suppressing within ourselves and that's that external expression of it.
1: Right. And you know the thing is is that when you're a bright light or when you're a tooth speaker, you get haters. It's like I'm always shocked by that. I'm less shocked now. Um but, but I've had a lot of adversity and and part of it is honestly T because I'm older than you a little bit. Right. Or a lot of it. Um, when I first started lifting weights, dude, no one was in the gym. Girls weren't in the gym. Okay. So I'm Uh, talking the eighties and people who lifted weights in the '80s, they were considered stupid, vain, um, uh, all this negative attributes. Like you just care about what you look like and you're not smart. So this is the, what I had to go up against as a woman, right? This isn't like, I see girls in the squat rack and I'm like, you got no idea. You have no idea what I had to do to do what you're doing. And I'm not saying that like tooting my horn, but I'm just, I want people to understand that my commitment to fitness wasn't because uh, of a vanity thing. I wrote a book called claim your inner hottie that's coming out because I'll go speak in an event. And I'll talk about building businesses. I'll talk about self-worth every single woman after and even dudes but mostly women that's really interesting how do you look like you do they drag me into the bathroom and they want to know that what i don't even teach fitness it's how i manage this and this right it's a it's a it's a spiritual quest and, and um, i'm always fascinated but that uh, that is what people are called and most curious about So we think about the three areas of expertise, health, wealth, and relationships. Can I talk on all three? Yeah, big time. But, right, I feel like lately this is the biggest aha, that the revelation is that people are asking me about my health. Why do I deny it? Why do I deny it and try to say no, but I know other things. I'm deflecting the gift. That's a big aha for me in the last week. I'm not even kidding you, T.
0: Yeah, no, it is. I mean, that's, you're like, really? I got so many other things to. But look share. at me, man. But that's I went to law school. But that's okay because like you just said, the when you get somebody, at least just getting them going, the the physical is the bonus, but it has so much more impact on quieting the chaos of our mind.
1: Yeah, and Good
0: the, time. The mind and the mental strength. And you mentioned such a powerful word, hyper mm Yeah. Here and isn't you. that like such an asset for all entrepreneurs? I mean, any business owners, right? Mm. Well, I think it's the intention. And this is the thing I, when I watch like exercise videos,
1: because I'm creating a bunch of B roll, but when I see, um, myself doing a set or doing an exercise, I'm always surprised how deliberate I am in prepping for a, a set. Like I'm jamming on some big weight. I'm always like, hand, everything is a process. Of preparation. Mm. Well, why the hell do I not always apply those same methodologies to everything in my life? <laughs> right. So it's like ah. how you do one thing is how you do all things. But it's that intentionality of making sure I'm a hundred percent in alignment and ready and in the present mm. moment. And that's what I want everyone to see. When you're seeing people do exercises and they're, they're executing a great exercise, watch how they go into that exercise. That's the most, that's like greatness is watching how someone approaches the bar, approaches mm-hmm. it. What are they doing? What system do they have in place to get themselves focused A ballet dancer, right? Yeah. What is she doing? Right? A great athlete, a, a person that's getting ready to speak on stage, where are they going? And, and learning about that, I think is key. It's not just in the performance is how they lead up to that and get present
0: so that you can a game. Yeah. And I know like, even with that, I consider that being one of the most challenging sports because you really like most athletes, like, did you play any, what sports did you play growing up? I'm one of
1: nine kids. I we had no money. So I um, would have been a really good athlete. I, was yeah. a, I wanted to be a gymnast, right? But I went to performing arts high school to do gymnastics, and I'm with girls that are playing at Symphony Hall, and they're being able to do all these tricks, and I'm like one class a week, right? I yeah. sucked. My life has been a continual, perpetual situation of, of me being in a place where I suck mm-hmm. over and over again. I suck. I'm the worst one. I suck. And I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> right? But no, I had no athletic. I had none because we didn't have the cash. I was always outside running. I was always walking on my hands all the time, swinging. I still swing. There's rings. I'm swinging in it, girly. I love to swing, but I didn't have anything. I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a sport. I didn't have a coach. I had nobody. I didn't fit in ever. My whole Mm -hmm. life always felt like, where am I? (laughs) Even in
0: my own family. That's, that's fascinating though. And I, and I feel like God's put you in those positions so that you've built the resilience. Oh, sorry. That's, yeah, built, that's you've built the resilience to be able to be in uh, be successful with the areas that you're in today. Um, just turn that on silent. Sorry about that. What would you say? Because that's, that's an interesting way. I think even like moving forward as far as, as far as like that mindset and how you were able to, transition that pain into your power like because there's a lot of people out there that are going to be in positions and they're going to quit on themselves and you know we see this all the time and it's unfortunate and you mentioned you stole gold i'm just i just finished actually the book called outwitting the devil have you read it no i you know i'm writing it down oh my god it's by napoleon hill it wasn't released for like 75 years finally released and um it's just they say three feet away from gold. And sometimes we're just three feet away, and we quit, and if people don't have the mental resilience to be or the mental endurance to keep up with themselves, but like being put in those positions of consistently failing face planting and, and feeling like you suck all the time and you're the worst person, they're like, what would you what was like a mindset that you told yourself to like still move because it's it's impactful, it's important i'm I'm curious.
1: Because I always knew that what I was leaving had to be better in forward. It had to be better. It's you know it's positive expectancy and downright foolishness. It's downright foolishness in some ways because it you know there is that psychological term of, of positive expectancy. And yeah, I'm a pretty positive person. But you consider the fact that my brother uh, was murdered um, when I was. He was 22. And uh and it blew my family apart in a lot of way. I'm from a family of eleven. And then fast forward, my son commits suicide at twenty-two, my mom's fifty-four, I'm fifty-four, right? That's an easy place for me to say, Oh, I'm just repeating a pattern. I'm out. Peace out, peeps. No. I was like, oh God, you're calling me to this level. Really? Let's play. Let's play. Over <clears throat> and it was more of a self honoring, but it's also to honor my son and everyone's watching me. You know, if I'm a public figure, people know who I am. Oh, Miss positivity K. Oh, she competes in bikini. Oh, she looks a certain way. Oh, she grew this business. Everyone thought my life has been easy. They don't have any idea. Right. So that piece of it, I think, um, resiliency is, is um, expecting that you don't have a choice to go backwards because I had no safety net behind me, dude. I had no safety net because I was like nothing I left. There's no safety in that. Yeah. You got to burn the ships because there wasn't a net, right? There wasn't a net for me. I never felt like there was a net that I had to strive forward and knowing that there were good things ahead. Mm -hmm. And that people were waiting for me, honestly, that's Mm -hmm. a big one. I was like, someone's there waiting for me. I know I can help someone up there. Right. I'm I'm thinking I'm helping somebody. It's always like there is something in front of me that someone's going to need my help. That's waiting for me. That's how, that's what drives me. That's what makes me get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I live, and I'll tell you this thing. I'll tell you what keeps me the most humble is i don't want to live where everyone's the same race as me and the same economics. I don't like that. In fact, I will, I lived in park city, Utah, all white, extremely rich. I used to go get my hair done down where all the drug addicts lived. I'd be like, let's go. I'm home, you know, because, because I just like to be around people that are suffering and no suffering because those are the people you see the greatest amount of hope oftentimes because they still know that the most important thing is love. The most yeah. important thing is kindness. You lose perspective when you have so much. Mm. This is so
0: powerful. And then that's why I created this show too, is like real talk. Like I want to have these real conversations because people are going to look at your stories. They're going to look at your page. they are going to look at your accomplishments, but they're not going to see the road to those things. Mm-hmm. And they're not are Maybe by one thing that I just gave somebody inspiration to get back up.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. True that.
0: And especially women. You know, especially women. And creating more community for that. When I love also talking about pivoting. I feel like this conversation isn't spoken about. And pivoting, um, just for those of you that don't know what pivoting is like I played ice hockey. So for when we were pivoting, we would (laughs) we would go and then if we had to make a quick decision because we were in danger or the whole the whole drill like ended up going back to the other side, you had to be able to like move quickly and like go in a different direction. So I feel like life, especially these last few years, people have had to be able to pivot quickly. What is some of, what is like one or some of like your best strategies on pivoting? Well, I think you gotta trust your gut. And, um, and I'm not saying that just
1: like, you know, this kind of cliched way, but you have to have some level of strategic thinking. I, I'm a very quick thinker, but I'm also strategic and, um, and figuring out where do I cut my losses uh, on things that just aren't worth the effort. So it's weighing out the level of effort. And because I've tried and failed so many times, uh, I have greater wisdom in knowing how I can discern. So the word I would, if anyone's listening or whoever's listening, write that word down, discernment because a lot of people don't really understand what that word means. Mm-hmm. And there's such thing, like all the old uh, Christian mystics understood discernment. Discernment's a spiritual practice at a high level, high evolving level. But discernment is sort of like being able to look at something and saying, maybe yes, maybe no. Let me sit. It's very Buddhist too. Mm-hmm. Um, and my son being a Buddhist, he taught me a lot, you know? but. I, I think ultimately, this is what I'll say to you is that everything as far as the pivot is concerned, if you know at the highest and best, that love is the highest form of all things. And the only way to get back to that highest form of love, because that's our journey. We're all uh, namaste is not just the light me sees the light you truth is it's and together we're walking each other home. We're all walking each other home. How do we do that with grace? And if we know ultimately love is the highest form of all things, it, I don't know what else would there be, right? It's only two ways to get to love in my book, taking personal responsibility, big one, not yes. being victimized. I'm not a victim of my son. I, I didn't take responsibility for my son's death. I think that freaked people out. They're like, Oh my God, you're the mother. You're supposed to feel like it. you could have stopped it. And I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> that's, yes. First of all, that's ridiculous. How ridiculous to think that we don't have, my son didn't have free will. His name was well for the love of God, okay? He had free will to do his thing. And he made a choice and he chose me as a mother to help him live this life. I'm honored. How would I feel like I, it's not, it's not my responsibility. It's his responsibility, right? So taking personal responsibility, number one, and then forgiveness. And forgiveness isn't just like, I forgive you. I forgive all this child abuse. I forgive, you know, for you, you got to have a lot of work to go through with your forgiveness, right? But it's forgiving yourself. And Forgiving yourself, and let me make clear what that means. It just means I forgive myself for what? It means I forgive myself for hoping that someone would love me the way that I believe that I deserve to be loved. That I kept hoping. That's what holding anti forgiveness is right, is we hope that something was a different way. Why didn't they just love me? Why didn't they love me? So it's a that's a big pivot conversation. But I think it's an important one. Because ultimately, if we look, that's the journey. And everything we do both personally and professionally is to live in alignment and be true to who we are. So that we know at the end of our life at the end of every day, I put my head in the pillow and said I did right by people. I have nothing to forgive myself for today. <sighs> That's it.
0: Nice. Highest.
1: I have no regrets about it because I go to bed with a clean slate. I don't lay in bed going, Oh my gosh, why did I say that? Yeah. It's like, no, I, I listened. And if I owe someone's apology, I will say, I'm sorry. And I will also say, I also forgive myself for expecting you were going to be the person that I was hoping
0: for. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is just so – you're, like, hitting me in the heart. I feel like you're hitting everybody in the heart. I love it because it's, like, these are things that need to be brought up more about. And you can tell, like, you're you're speaking from an authentic place. And it's just so beautiful. And thank you for that, for being vulnerable and and real. You know, like, you, we're all human. You know, we're all yeah. human. Um, yeah. Yeah. What would you say as far as, like – so this is kind of – I would like to talk more about this. I feel like you're the person for this. Um, you're Wait, talk talking about sex. About, uh, <laughs> you're talk about sex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when we get into relationships for sure, I mean, oh, I feel like oh, we're me. to talk about the power of reserving your energy, you know, cause that's a big part of, um, of just more vitality and living life more vivaciously. But I think the biggest thing, which this actually is going to be the extension of this core question, which is you're talking a lot about the connection with God, the connection with your relationship with God and your faith and your trust, which comes down to trusting higher consciousness, which is within us. What are some core ways? Because a lot of people, I get asked this question, like, well, I don't trust myself. Mm. And if we don't trust ourselves, how can we trust in God?
1: Mm. That
0: hurts my heart. Yeah, it it hurts my heart too. Mm. But I mean, I was in this position at at several points in life when I personally didn't want to be here anymore. I was suicidal Mm -hmm. in life, and and I and I feel like it's the closer, but even the connection. So, a lot of people do not. There's core things have low self worth. Lack of self-trust, lack of believing that they are important enough to prioritize themselves. And these are real conversations. 100%. Were ever, yeah. Were you ever in a point where you felt connected from your self-worth, your importance, or Oh, God, yourself? yeah.
1: Oh, God, yeah. I couldn't talk about the self-worth if I didn't suffer from deep self-loathing and self-hatred. Yeah. I did. Of course, they, I never fit in. I was, a, I was like, I must be a freak. First of all, because only John, Mark, Joe, and Katie get yelled at. Does that mean I'm a guy? Like, I could never, like, be quiet. I was, like, too busy, like, wanting to talk to people. So I was, like, didn't even identify. I'm, like, am I really a girl? Because how come only the boys get yelled at? I must be, like, a guy or something, you know? It was just, like, bizarre right? So I think the journey back to self love, and let's just talk about another way because women, oftentimes women use this language and men don't even necessarily resonate. But I came up with this thesis with one of my clients. So we hear about self love. It's kind of weird for a guy oftentimes because they don't know what it means. How about self honoring? How does that fit? How about self respect? How does that fit? It's a tripod. Our growth is a tripod, self-love, self-respect, and self-honor, right? Because those words are different, aren't they? Yeah. Very different. Very different. So we have to own that. It's not like, oh, just love yourself. That sounds easy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just going to go get a massage. Like, what does that mean, right? Yeah. What does that mean? But what does it mean when we self-honor? What does it mean when we self-respect? How does that feel? Where do you feel that in your body? We have to go somatically into it feeling experiences. Our first operation in our in our humanness is not our mind, it's our somatic body. When we are afraid or we are experiencing experience, our body somatically responds. We know this now with the latest neuroscience, come on, mm-hmm. look at it, right? And then it goes to thought. And then it goes back to the body and we use words. So many people are shut off from what their body feels. God is in feeling. God is in human experience. We must feel so that we can speak our truth. If we disassociate from what somatically is informing us, oh, we disrupt the actual flow of oh, goodness. We do. And I would say what has to happen is we in. there is such thing as you hear, uh, this is kind of funny, but. I had this whole conversation with someone yesterday that he's like, yeah, and I talked to this person and this person, this one. So a lot of his experiences is based on his conversations and relationships with other people. And I'm like, that's so awesome. I was like, do you have a spiritual practice? And he was like, yeah, kindness. And I go, that's awesome. I said, but I'm thinking, that's interesting. Like, do you ever introspect? Like for me, I do a lot of introspection. I do minimal extra, there's actually a word, introspect, extrospect. I don't really judge my experience by what other people view my experience. And I think that's unique because I literally sit with myself a lot and is it comfortable? Not always. Okay. But I know I need to sit in that introspection. My primary relationship is a vertical one though. It's it's me and spirit. That's my primary. It's 80% of my life is spent in this vertical relationship. Only 20% of my life is on these horizontal relationships. I don't have time for that noise it takes me out of my out of my out of my vibe (laughs) I need to be in this relationship so I can be in the highest level of service excellence is in that level of discernment again we go back to that freaking sexy ass word discernment hey
0: it's Tanya I'm calling a quick timeout intermission huddle so bring it in I'm personally inviting you to our inner circle. It's our monthly VIP meet up with other achievers just like us. Each week I'm teaching everything you're going to need in order to be successful, to step into the most elite version of yourself. I'm going to break this down play by play, the tools, the systems, the strategies, everything you're going to need in order to operate at higher levels, mentally, physically, emotionally and energetically. Look, we're in a season where the idea of full potential just isn't cutting it anymore. It's time to really be it now. So click the link in the show notes and I'll see you in the inner circle. Peace. So as we're talking about relationships, because I'm like, okay, let's like at least make it flow because I wanted to ask that one first. It, since we're talking about relationships and the significance about relationships. And you're like, let's talk about sex. I'm like, I'm realizing more people want to talk about that. I mean, like, that could be a like a segment of it, um, especially for single people. I don't know if you're in a relationship. I'm personally single um, by choice, or for right now in this season of my life, and until I meet somebody that matches my energy. And in the meantime, I'm reserving my energy and transmuting it through my meditation practice to reserve it. So mm. I am celibacy personally. Nice. Unders- Once I understood that as a woman, when you do have sex, you give away pieces of you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's an important conversation to have. And I think you might like, I I don't know, I would love to hear what you have to say on that because you did mention it. So I was like, all right. Well, yeah, I know. Let's write on. Bad. Let's do it. Well, our, our bodies are sacred, right? I mean, that's
1: the cool. That's the cool thing. And I remember like when I was like 14 or something, I'm like, Mom. Like, I can't stop eating. And she's like, Katie, you're a very sensual thing, and eating is a very, you know, um, you're a very sensual person, and eating is a very sensual thing. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I've always been very at one with my sensuality. Like, it's just like, I just know the power of sensuality. I think it's amazing. And, you know, I'm three, it's one of the benefits about having children is they're touching you and you're nursing them, and it's, you know, it's just very touchy, right. And so as I said, boys were always my drug of choice. But I've realized too, that it's the same path for you, right? It's like, being in that place and understanding that as women, we are the receivers, we are divine, just because we're lucky enough to be the ones that get to receive like, come on now, lucky us, right? but also understanding that we are not men and how do we get back to the time where it becomes a sacred process. And I'm not talking like that. You're not having great freaking awesome sex and you know, whatever yeah. wild and intriguing, yeah, one, having a blast. One. Right. But, but yeah. it's not like oh, muddy pot me. It's gotta be this, like, you know, we only can do it. Like, you know, no, it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how do we get back to understanding that our beingness as women, just by our biology peeps, We are built to receive. I've always thought I was lucky for that, (laughs) right? But I'm coaching a lot of young girls and there's a lot of young people. And uh, I'm finding for some reason that a lot of younger guys want to go all with Mama Kate, right? Which is kind of funny. I'm like, really? Okay, why? Um, Sort of interesting, but okay. Um, Let's have a conversation. I'm curious. Uh, But anyway, the younger girls are like, there's so many women that are giving it up so easy. So it's making, it's lowering the bar. And it's, I believe it's making it more difficult for men because how do men learn about who they are if they don't have to, to, uh, to, to stake their masculinity by claiming a woman, by, 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 by that, that search that all men are built to hunt biologically. And we've, we've chopped men off out of that, their own experience. And that's why I wrote Claim Your Inner Warrior, my book for men. Um, Which here's the cover of it. That's my son Will on the cover. That's my son who passed. He was a friggin' warrior, man. And claim you're in her badass. That's my um, bestseller, Amazon. But it, it, but literally, it's a disservice that we're doing for men and women. And our sexual sense is our spiritual sense. Our spirituality and our sexuality are very tied in. They say that oftentimes the people that are most spiritual. Sometimes people read it as sexual energy. I've heard my whole life, Katie, you're so sexy. And I'm always like, why are you say like, what about me? is so sexy. Presence is sexy. Presence is sexy. Being present is very sexy to people. And so now I'm understanding that power a little bit more, treating it a little bit more sacred, not giving it away. Right
0: yeah and i and i think that too like having healthy outlets like transitioning transforming it into different things that's why i got into salsa dancing it's very sensual that's it and you can be sensual yeah. without being without over sexualizing yourself right and that, because it does tie back into our personal power and even us you you talked about um self honoring, self-respect mm. You know and not just because you're giving your energy free freely and that's like that's if we're talking about is even self-mastery self-discipline that's even totally to control your sexuality and how like you know you're just you can't it's it's any type of addiction we're talking about addictions and cravings and desires it's one of them
1: totally and then how do we make it the process holy and it doesn't mean that it only can be sex that leads to marriage I'm talking about how are we honoring uh, the union as being a holy union where we are, it comes with that self honor, self respect and self love as the unifying factor. And, um, and, you know, that sounds kind of woo -woo and everything else, but at some level, it really isn't. It's just being like, like I had, um, I I was dating a guy and he was whatever he didn't, it wasn't respectful, like him not showing up or whatever. And I asked for something, I put my need out there. Listen, I'm a coach. 80% 80% of my life I already know this is I give more than I get just the way it is with me in my life. It's the way it's been. And I understand my, my, just my, uh, my, my journey. But I was like, Oh dude, like that's just not at my level. Right. And he was like, yeah. Oh, I know Katie. Like I know. And so I told him this was where the level is. And he's like, okay. And you have to give something that they can meet to. Yeah. This is where I am. Oh, okay. And then they, Right. And I'll tell you this one thing. If you, if someone asks you out, you don't have to give them excuse. This is it. I heard this from my coach and it's priceless and they'll ask you out. And then they're really not that one. They're not right for you. Whatever else. And you go, I'm flattered and I can't, I'm flattered. Like That's nice that you asked me and I can't. And so the man will go, wait a minute. She can't. But she's flattered. So what do I need to do to prove to her that I'm good enough for her? Mm. Because it's just telling the guy, you're not at my frequency, but I'm flattered. Like, like, thank you. Right. And it's not like, Oh, I'm sorry, I can't. It's I'm flattered. And I can't.
0: Yeah. All that's
1: saying is rise, baby rise. If you want me, it it comes with a higher frequency, Uh, powerful, so try that out next time you get hit up. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm pretty blunt. I'm like, I don't think we're in, I don't think we're at the same energetic level, but thank yes. you so much. I mean, yes. I, that's how I say it, but yeah, I like, love it.
1: Right. No, but it's perfect. It's awesome. Cause you're confident enough to know and speak from your energy level where if we're talking to like, you know, uh, lower frequency people, they just won't get that. And I would say to you, 90% of people wouldn't get that. They'd be like, what do you mean, higher energy? Right? You know, they well, just think, like Oh, I she's being to- a snob or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I but I feel like if I have to explain that to somebody, then it, it already funneled them out anyway. Especially when, you know, and then that book that I was telling you about, they say like the two things that will really get to you are the people that your partner, your partnership and also like the, the business people and then the people that you call friends. Exactly, I love like that. But peace is that one intimate person that you allow to share that one thing that you're not sharing with anybody else. And so if they don't understand energy or matching up, then we don't speak the same language. And that's like the core of everything how we're mm-hmm. operating. Yeah, I mean, you said it too, you're like, Our frequencies don't match. It's like we don't like the same music. We're not on the same channel. Yes. Trying to tune in. I'll go Tokyo. (laughs) (laughs) But you said it like way more polite. So I get like the different categories. I had a friend one time, like even talking about business, and he said this, and I was like, wow, I feel like it's the same of what you're saying as far as relationships. And he was like, you know, you have to give everybody a number. And like Mm -hmm. you said, you gave like a bar, and if you can't meet me at that bar, then. We just can't go. But he's like, you give people a number of an expectation. So this way you are not disappointed. And I think hundred percent
1: expectations yeah. are a kiss of death. We cannot use expectation because expectation is projected disappointment. You mm-hmm. have to speak your need. What I value is this. And what I need is this. When I tell you what my need is, you can do it or not do it. I wasn't telling that guy, dude, if you want to hang with me? You got to book. No, I was like, babe, that's just, that's just not on my frequency move. You know what I mean? Like you get higher, higher, you know, as, yeah. as Les Brown would say, I'm not yeah. telling you, you have to, where expectation is, if you want to be with me, you're going to do this. Uh-uh. Because I only want people to do that. If they are called to do that, that is sacred calling, right? Yeah. There's no expectation because that's just like, that's just a bummer, <laughs> right? But if we, we know our value and then we speak that need, what I need is, it's chill if that's not okay by you. Totally chill. Totally get it. free agent.
0: <laughs> free agent. Free agent. Bye. <laughs> <Mic drop. laughs> um, so I got some friends on here, and um, I, I love this conversation because then I like to kind of transition it. In- you as far as like friendships and as you grow and you've been through so many situations where you have put yourself through growth and life has forced you to grow um and with your growth the people that might have been at that same you know mirror reflection of you at one point but as you outgrown or so then yeah like what are what are some um what are some ways that either maybe your friends have risen with you or or uh a pivot transitional out of that relationship that, you know, many
1: relationships I've had to let go and I've Mm -hmm. learned to now do it with grace. But I, um, I have many, uh, relationships, um, that I was, I will say energetically I was dragging because I wanted them to be with me because I believed in them that they could do it. Right. And not everyone's called to where you're going. And I talk about this all the time with my clients. Right, but then I realized that that's unfair of me to expect people to rise at my same frequency just because I love them, and so at the earlier stages of this rising and this this higher calling, um, when I was more attached, um, especially prior to Will passing, um, there were relationships that were uh, that became untethered unpleasantly. And now it's like, wow, man, like that's the same thing. It's like, that's just not my frequency. I love you. If you need anything, you know, from my heart, I will always be there. It's just that that's not vibing. And it's basically, um, there's this, like, I remember I'm writing a book called The Transformative Power of Grief, but it's this whole idea of like a bomb goes off after we have experienced grief. The whole life and landscape is different, right? And so we look around and things are covered that used to be uncovered. And things are covered that were once uncovered. So it's a whole new terrain. And oftentimes the same people don't fit in that terrain when we've been jetted upward in a in a transformative awakening. And oh man, this is tough. And that's why T, I met you at the perfect time. I'm like, new tribe, new tribe. I was happy. Yeah, so it's like finding people at your same frequency brings me so much joy. And I had to shut those doors in order to bring that frequency in. But
0: But where did we meet you paid to put yourself in a position where the people you wanted to be around would be. And I think people 100%. need to that. And what
1: exactly. I actually came in support of Matt um, because he saw me speak at an event the weekend before and that was his first event. And I'm like, dude, I'm coming to watch you. And yeah. he's like, you come? And I'm like, well, hell yeah. No, I got there because I was a fan of someone that was a fan of me and we bonded over like our spiritual connection. And Matt, I went, oh, I, went, I drove right to Miami. He just shed some love on here a little bit earlier. I think that was on here. Oh, I love him. He's like my two so, favorite people were like, yay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because he's the same age as my Will. He's, this, he's an Aquarian like my son Will. So mm-hmm. God brings all these younger men in my life. I jam with the younger men. Even that's so funny. Even the, those age groups want to date me. I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> but, but I'll work with you. But, um, but that's the funny thing, right? It's just, God is mysterious and how all of a sudden I get to work with that free age frequency because I generate. It, it's, it's my vibe. I get that energy, but so I think a real. lot of, and
0: i notice noticed a lot of people in that, in that generation, they, um, they, they create stability and, and, um, strong women and men, you know, stability. Totally. Like the strength and and um I mean this show is for women you know to, we have all women on here but a lot of men show up and we support our men we love our men we love you guys for coming here and coming through of course you're going to learn so much there but it's also to celebrate and build community for women love it
1: So let's um, go let's go
0: yeah our babes youth. and dudes yeah our youth for sure um I mean I guess what is the, like, what would be more of the, um, advice for people that, may, if that the position that you were saying about before, cause I understand that as well, that they don't have a hard time. Like they're so attached and they've stayed there for too long. How do you know when you've outgrown a relationship? Like, how did you know if you could go back and like give that don't younger part of don't yourself? Don't
1: we all know though, when a relationship sucks? You, 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 you kind of know, right? You know, you get the feeling in your stomach, it ain't right. It's just that we don't necessarily see the path out, right? But if we tuned in for a minute, our body would tell us. You got that wrenching feeling in your stomach every time they walk through the door? Yeah. Yeah, right? You're, you're somatically, your body does not lie, but that's why we use drugs and alcohol and sex and porn and everything else. Let us numb our asses but yeah. do you know when you look at the statistics you can google it i'm not lying the average phone is tapped 2653 times a fork in day wow. how distracted are we as people that we have to we're putting ourselves in such a state of cortisol freak out that we have to make that many decisions do i like it no they got too many likes do i not like it do Judgment, 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 frying our soul that many times over in a day, 2,653, really close by hundred, something like that. <laughs> so I- yeah, right. So it's like, what are the ways that you're actually able to sit with yourself and, and, and then reach a handout and say, I am waiting. I need help. What I need is someone to help me show the way. And, uh, dude, that's why you and I do what we do. Because we know we can be that objective lover and love on our clients enough to guide them out and be able to help them by casting light on them and showing them the way providing tools. So that's why I'm a high performance coach because I have a science backed research based system based on the high performance habits. So clarity, energy, influence, productivity, necessity, and courage. Right? Mm. Courage isn't just like, I can do it. No. Courage is about speaking your truth. That takes a lot of courage to do that game changing, game changing. And realizing my poor, sweet friends, that there will people that will need to go because you will not be in your greatness and in your heart. If you're listening to us now, you know, you want more because you wouldn't be listening to me and T if you didn't have a longing and a calling for more more connection, more love, more success, just more in your heart, right? So that's the deal. You got to understand in that vertical relationship, I am here for more and I will find those people. I have goosebumps because I am in that seeking mode of finding those people ready for more too. Cause I'm sick of doing it alone cause I've had to do it alone way too long. I'm done. I'm done mm-hmm. with that. I'm like, where's my discipleship?
0: And sometimes the discipleship is you being alone for a little bit. Mm, and then oh. knowing what those core values
1: are that you need yeah. and only those people can make it over the moat and you're in charge of lower and down the drawbridge. And then those people can come through, but you have to be, that's, again, we're going to go back to that thing of discernment. The people I want around me have these qualities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it makes
1: it, then it makes it kind of easy. Because right? then you're so tuned into your own inner response that you get a better sense because then you see like for you and I going to that event that you and I went to, that was all way younger people. I was the oldest BH in the group, but I felt more comfortable there because they were modeling what I want my success to look like. Notice how many of those people were in solid relationships. Yeah. I'm like, hey, amen. There it is. A 28 year old
0: is doing it right. Mm hmm.
1: Lead the way,
0: dude. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned a core thing is like the ability to make decisions on your own. You know, mm. when you're around so much, so many drifters, <sighs> you're drifting. It's one of the greatest like ways to make you. You talk about living a life confidently, purpose. One of the ways to tear you away from that stuff. Mm. And you know, people. I'm just uh, you know, really just. I know
1: we're wrapping up, but. Just yeah. one key point, like people will ask, about, ask me about confidence a lot. It's oftentimes what, I'll, what will come up in what people want to talk about in when I'm getting interviewed. Kate, how can you be so confident? And, and what I will say to you is that confidence only comes through action. Action. So I'm a person of action. Even if I'm crawling out a hole, I'm in action, right? It's like Les Brown says, eh, life will knock you down but just always make sure you fall on your back. Because if you can look up and see the light, you can get up. So get Mm -hmm. up and take small right action because confidence and competency are directly linked. And the only way we can get more competent if we take action. And we're gonna suck at the beginning. We're gonna fail. Go, yay, I failed. Celebrate each failure and analyze your lesson. Again, we're going Mm -hmm. back to that word, discernment you got to know your lesson i can give you a you know the war you know this here's the scroll let me tell you everything i learned it could go on and on and on right but it's because i've analyzed it and i and i've i've done the autopsy Mm -hmm. and 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 the key point of confidence and competency is understanding that you have a responsibility to future cast your life you have to future cast it's not we don't get taught that What's future casting? Oh, well, that's imagining your great future and how you want it to look and who you want there, who you want there with you. And yeah. then we backcast it into this present, delicious, amazing moment of right
0: now, me and T on IG. <laughs> you mentioned something. Actually, you kind of went into my last question, which was like, if you could give somebody one like golden diamond I don't know why I keep saying golden diamond I want to like combine them (laughs) but like diamond you know because diamonds are formed under high intense pressure that's what I love about them is uh because you're a diamond you are a diamond and you shine so bright and you shine the way for other people but you could give somebody like one thing that you know will impact their day-to-day life and it's something that they can apply today what would that one thing be
1: Breathe <laughs> and sit and journal and embrace the suck because you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be really uncomfortable. And if you're too comfortable, nothing is going to happen there. But you got to bring in some people who are going to help you be uncomfortable. You got to be uncomfortable. And, you know, you and I that's our work to, to make people uncomfortable and love people through the uncomfortable. I would never be where I am right now. If I didn't hire it, there's no way in hell. So if you're not willing to spend the thousands of dollars it takes to grow, you ain't going to grow. I've spent thousands of dollars on my personal development because I didn't have anybody in my life that helped push me. Since my first class in life, my teachers are always been hard to on me. Never gentle. Like, I'm like my dance teachers were brutal. My writing teacher, like I was like, why are they picking on me? I should have known that was a good thing. I used to get like, why are picking on me? Because <laughs> they weren't gentle. My my teachers and guides are not gentle. My my lessons aren't gentle. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to the way uh, the, the 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 messages that you're already getting. And sometimes it's not going to come in uh, in our rainbows and sprinkles. Our best gifts sometimes are wrapped in. Fork and sandpaper. Hate to tell you. Pay attention.
0: Those are facts. Those are facts. Okay. Facts on top of facts, sister.
1: (laughs) A fact sandwich.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. You just you just spread so much like impactful, authentic truth based information that if you guys are just tapping in now go back and watch the replay this woman is a powerhouse of so much light truth love and uh, you're just amazing it's an honor to know you it's an honor to call you a new friend and a sister and i'm so grateful this show is like man i'm so excited i'm sure we could go on for like hours and hours and hours but um, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, helping others elevate their business or mindset in their life from this interview. I'm honored and I'm honored
1: to uh, walk this heart-centered path with you, my, my dear sister as well. So let's go. Let's, let's ride.
0: go, bro. Thank you guys so much for being on Minding my, my Business. Go ahead and follow Kate. Drop her some love. Shed some love. Send her a message. She's got so many things going on podcasts, books, coaching. Um, As you can see, she is the real deal. And I love you guys. Thank you guys for sharing your energy with us today. And we hope that you found so much value in today's episode. Till next Tuesday. Bye. Peace out. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you hanging out with us today. If you found value in this episode, subscribe and share with your business besties. Head over to TanyaCOliver.com and claim your free thank you gift. Remember, you deserve to look, feel, and live life as your most elite self.